0: Okay, say some things. Hello. Adventure. Love. Connection. Connection. Risk. Passion. Evolution. Play.
1: Life. The Archetypal Tarot Podcast. Provocative mythology for the 21st century. Hey Sundara, Happy New Year!
0: Happy New Year, Julian.
1: How goes there in in beautiful Pacifica, California?
0: Oh man, the uh, weather has been gorgeous, crisp and clear, and uh, a really magical and beautiful holiday uh, just here locally. Nice. Yeah. Um, nice but uh, I was excited for our card pulling this year. I happened to be in the the evening of January first here in Pacifica and the lights went completely out in the neighborhood so I I live near the ocean so I looked out and I live up on the hill so I was able to look out and there was no lights anywhere as it as the sun was setting beautiful so I lit all these candles all the way around the house um and then I got your text hey we need to draw our card for the new
1: year (laughs) I was like this
0: this is the perfect setting. I, I was setting up for it without even knowing. Uh so I uh, gave you a call and uh I think as we did previously, we were drawing from the major arcana only. Um so I pulled those cards out, shuffled them up, gave you a call, uh shuffled, shuffled, shuffled until you told me to stop. And uh and I drew one out and I, I'm I think you posted something today about people guessing.
1: Yes. I posted on the Instagram story to ask people, um, which card came, what was their guesses to the card that came up for
0: 2019. And I was, <laughs> over and I was like, really,
1: really? <laughs> it's like we're being hit on the head with this particular archetype. It's just like, no, you've been listening. You need to listen more. Listen more.
0: Yeah. It's, She's not going away, the high priestess oh, hi. the high the h p like we're not getting away from her
1: I swear <laughs> to oh i swear to goddess is uh, i mean, we've, we've,
0: i've we've had so many podcasts i think that have circled around oh my God, this oh archetype my God. and and it just is showing that you know it's it is it hasn't gone away yet this is still part of what uh what we're working on and what we're looking into. It is,
1: and you know what? I was trying to remember how it first came up, and I think it was towards the beginning part of last year. So last year, just to remind everybody, we pulled um, the star card for 2018. And son of a bitch, it was a difficult year, I'm just going to say. But the, um, the meaning of the star, which is just it's hope, um, uh, amongst other things, but it was just really... To me, as I look back on what the star meant in retrospective, it was like, don't let the shit get you down. Keep, keep your image in sight. Keep your desire for a better world, more connection, all of that. Don't let that go or you're going to be crushed under mm. all of this. And frankly, mm. that I think was really important. So to me, it's just like a really good example of how certain things can come up and I know most people and myself included see the star and go, Yes I'm like, Yeah, that's awesome. But it could mm-hmm. also it doesn't mean that everything's gonna go perfectly. It's more like, no no no, you gotta stay focused on this. Like don't let the bastard get you down because <laughs> it doesn't mean the road the road is smooth sailing. It means like you will get completely lost if you don't keep your star in sight. So mm-hmm. the weather is about to get rough and that's how I'm looking at it retrospectively. And um it was I think early in the year that I kept going, dude, why, what's with the High Priestess? Like my gut, my intuition was like, High Priestess, we gotta talk about High Priestess. And we did an entire, like our longest show to date with the amazing um, Rash and the amazing Melissa um, discussing the High Priestess. Like, And here it is again, 2019. And our question was, you know, what is our guidance? What is our focus? What should we focus on for 2019? What is our kind of guiding, star as it were
0: and it's the high priestess so son of a bitch (laughs) (laughs) and so what was occurring to me is that you know it's it may be these things that were continue to circle around but also what what's new about the high priestess what what haven't we seen that is and there's plenty of mysteries wrapped up in this card so what's emerging that's new uh in this year that Uh, will be a new circling for the high priestess
1: and what is it reaffirming frankly um you know since it came up again it's kind of like knock knock oh no i'm gonna bust the door down now we were knocking last year we're busting the door down now you know like the the deep symbolism of it and then i can't help but think tomorrow we have what is it Druid women entering congress or entering? (laughs) like that's a pretty big indicator right Mm -hmm. um
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I saw, uh, I believe it, uh, I'm a nerd, I saw an episode of Doctor Who, I was watching an older, you know, from maybe two years ago, and there's a line that says that uh, somebody said, ah, oh, what, the future, the future is female, and Doctor Who, who in this instance is a man, says, we can only hope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, the new doctor, the new regeneration of the doctor is played by a woman. And that is, you know, the show's been on 50 years or, you know, it's been around 50 years and it caused a big ruckus because, you know, both men and women alike were like, no, Doctor Who can't be, can't be a woman. And then there's the rest of us who literally our eyes teared up when they announced it. We just felt so seen and so recognized. So for my nerdy bit, the, the big things is there is there is a lot. There's a lot more for the feminine archetypes. show up. So yeah, it is a big deal. And it's not the sun card. It's not the empress. It's this cool character, this mysterious character, the -hmm. high
0: priestess. And she's able to sit between these extremes. So you're often seeing her between two pillars. um, And she's also connecting above and below. And so being able to just kind of sit in quiet between extremes, between major assumptions uh I, th- I think she's has a world of patience around her <laughs> uh which we're i think we're still in this realm of witnessing uh experiencing making sense digesting uh a, a period of rapid change rapid threat it's a lot to take in and to and sit it's, and it's, it's to me
1: it's the so how is a high priestess a verb um and i think that's a lot to do with what you're talking about because it isn't it is deeply deeply sitting right but the the to recognize that metaphorical sitting is really really letting you know really being open to the truth of what's happening so it's not action reaction it's mm-hmm. it's observing and absorbing and transmuting right so you're not just simply running out and doing things and i i to, to me this card isn't simply I think what we concentrate on is how do we then, you know, what what actions and what connections can be made with the deeper knowing, so you don't go off half cocked, as it were. And right. the the feminine essence, and this is just—it's a question, and I kid you not, like I—it I, comes to me daily, of of the understanding that the major narratives of our world, world and our society have been patriotic, or or patriarchal, right? Patriotic, (laughs) (laughs) Freudian slip, Freudian slip. Because patriotism in the United States anyway is hyper-masculine, right? Mm -hmm. It's about being the best, it's about conquering, it's about competition, it's at its worst, it's dick-wagging, it's very masculine. So to look at what is the energy of the feminine, and we talked about this in a previous podcast just a couple of months ago, the, the, the movement, the, the verb of the feminine is not the agency, action, you know, do things, do things, do things. It's, it's connectivity, it's relationship, it's community, it's process, right? Understanding processes and seeing process as important as product. And that typically process is like secondary, you know, it's like, oh, well, whatever, you know, do whatever process to get the end result. All that matters is the end result. And I, I getting the sense that a huge amount of imagination is going to be necessary this year. And the imagination is our relationship to creativity, which is also very feminine. <laughs> and it's also process oriented. So, God, it's hard. It is really, I find it being very, very hard because I think partially because the patriarchal story is... Achieve, 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 get, 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 make, make, make. Um, And this is like calling to pay attention to everything before the achievement. The achievement is the sense of connectedness, right?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You don't go, I'm going to run out and make relationships. It's like, no, I'm going to have to sit, (laughs) I have to listen, and I'm going to have to pay attention and have imagination, which is. You know, for some people, and I'm going to include myself in that generally, um, not the first thing I want to go do. I want to go do instead of just be. And the being leads to then inspired action in the imagination. But I think it is really imagination is something that we need to call upon. Um, And the connection to the God, the inner goddess, the connection to the goodness.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That was um, a phrase that came to me at the end of 2018 was... uh in evaluating my my card reading practice, uh, you know, it's it's it doesn't really follow a business model like, you know, may I may have tried in the past, but I I realize, oh, this is a service uh for the individual imagination and for the soul of the world. That is what occurred to me. Um uh, and it's it's simply a practice that I just will do wherever I can. Uh, and it's something I would like to offer our listeners as well when we, um, can get it up on the Patreon page, but it's just something I've got to do and just keep doing it. I don't know where it leads or what happens, um, in all of its effects, but it's something that I know I'm called to do. Uh, and so looking at what your practices are and what those things are that are a conversation with the great mystery, uh, to keep things unfolding in new ways, imaginative ways, I think will be really important for this year.
1: I hear you, sister, and the um the questions, the limited amount of readings that I do, the questions lately in the last three to four months have really been around people who are i don't even know if there's a title spiritual practitioners or you know that that they you know maybe they do. Um, card readings that they do and any number of things, but they want to move into doing that for a living. So that's a really, really big question, I think, for a lot of people. Having the support around self-care or how how you can deal, you know, the person can deal with their own individual, um, staying in tune, staying centered and present, and everything that it takes to really provide any kind of spiritual service is the most important thing. and then making it a business is is really, really tricky, I think, for, for many people. And that is, that kind of, it brings in, it's like this feminine, right? So the feminine process of, of of being a conduit for the divine, for other people, and being in this role, you know, having the boundaries that you need to have around doing, you know, it doesn't matter what, you know, whether you're doing Reiki healing or you're doing, you know, spiritual readings or acting as a spiritual director, all of those things, you have to have you know, healthy boundaries and then all the self-care, but then you throw the business into it. And the business tends to be much more of the, generally the masculine about, you know, like having a business plan and, and, you know, your, your income, your the roof over your head, the food that goes into your mouth is now, you know, if it's going to be solely through this work, that brings a lot of difficulties that aren't just practical. You know, they, it mixes in something that's a whole nother level that, um, mm-hmm. you know, everybody kind of does it their different way. But I will say personally, having worked with a lot of really brilliant teachers and watched a lot of people who've kind of made it, you know, they make their full living and they, make, they write books and they're on Oprah or whatever. A ton of shadow work that comes up. Because mm-hmm. you, the business side, you know, the how do you how do you do that? I honestly can't tell you that I know that many people who make are really um, who are publicly known and make a, a a really good living doing quote unquote spiritual work that don't wrestle with huge huge blind spots and shadows that yeah. are naturally attracted to that light. Um, that's not to say that you can't make a living doing it. But yeah. I often wonder, and this is the same for people who do creative work, you know, what, what sort of freedom do you want to have? Because... You you can't have a lot of freedom when you're making your living from it. Like that's always, there's always a trade-off. There's always, some, you know, and some people just get to this blessed state where all the business comes to them. You know, they have that intention that is pure enough and they work to keep it pure to bring the business to them. But I don't think that's the only model, you know. I think it's fine to have a muggle job. <laughs> you, know, you can have something that pays your rent and then the rest of it is all just, something that you do because you're supposed to do it and um i think it's i don't know i could we could talk more about that but i think the high priestess is is really pointing the inner goddess and let's you know she's not out there handing out business cards or doing a podcast She's sitting there
0: (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean she's just (laughs) yeah yeah even her 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 veiled her veiledness uh is interesting to me because you know, I I've, I've always struggled with just marketing or something. You know, getting myself out there, getting my work out there. Uh, I find it <laughs> excruciatingly difficult. And she, the high priestess, she just sits with her wisdom. She she knows what she has, and people come to her um, when when the time is right. Uh, and I I think that I can appreciate working that way. Um, and having a day job at the same time to make ends meet, but uh to me, the separation feels clean and good at this time um so i'm I'm learning a lot from that,
1: yeah, and likewise i I think until you've until you've done it for a hundred percent living, and I certainly have doing archetypal consulting um you know, so I've lived knowing that I could make a good living from it um and kind of understand the mechanics and everything that sort of needs to be put around it. Um, And I think where I am now, not so much working with people individually with archetypes, but certainly using um, all of my knowledge and my own practices and things, uh, being an officiant, being a priestess, essentially. Mm, um, Right. That it's... It, it is a much better balance because I do have other income streams. I have things of value that I contribute in other ways that are not strictly within the, the priestess realm that I, I really struck a nice integration point where I um, can really just put the energy that I need to into the weddings and now I'm doing blessings where I don't feel the pressure to make more, do more, do more, do more because I need to pay my rent, you know, I don't have like a, I need to do X number of weddings a month in order to pay my rent. I don't want to have to worry about that. I want to bring everything I can to the process for the people I work with. And I think business will sometimes require you to skimp a little bit. You know what I mean? Um, mm. So now I can really just concentrate on bringing what I, you know, every, just to delight every person that I work with and to bring, um well, what I'm supposed to be doing to them without strictly having it related to, you know, my livelihood. Um, and so there's just a great deal of space for me there, um, to do that. And the business does come, people do show up. So it is, you know, and there's a natural set value to what I do, which is also really helpful. You know, people do see it as a valuable service. I don't have to convince them of the value of it, which is lovely. Um, that's right. Mm. Yeah. So the high priestess, there's a lot about sort of like the occult, the, the hidden, the secret knowledge um, in that, which is, you know, as we said, a little frustrating. But in a lot of the images, she is surrounded by this incredible kind of feminine bounty, you know, the pomegranates and the
0: right. That's everything right. is there. She's, she's bridging sort of earthly fruits with the, the, the cool distance of the moon so she's straddling once again these opposites and um, I think we we feel things so strongly in in this period of time we want to take action we were talking last night about why isn't it the chariot card right That's, <laughs> if I we, had... we don't know. let's take some action <laughs> you know <laughs> um, but she's she's reminding us that we we need to hold the tension of the opposites we can't cannot act too hastily uh when we we don't we haven't seen the whole picture um she has the perspective of the moon um the perspective of stillness um and i think that that is a really great reminder because if we rush into change too fast too quickly though change we see is necessary of course but if we're rushing in too quickly uh that we're we're going to be um, blind to to certain realities and and increase the polarization between people. Uh, so I think she's she really has a wonderful way of sitting between the tension of the opposites.
1: And getting a real understanding um, for for oneself of you know why are we doing this? Why is this important? If we are really really in touch with the why and how that why is actually. Shared by people who have, on the surface, opposite beliefs of us. I think to me, and I, I can't help but think, you know, of civic engagement, politics, whatever you want to call it. Um, that you know, the yelling of it isn't helping, but the connectivity beneath the surface. You know, for example, say healthcare. Healthcare is really important to everybody. And mm-hmm. that was really evident. That was really, really evident in the the 2018, you know, elections in November. That you know, it's a, it's it's such a huge concern for everybody. But the the people aren't going to understand each other if they're not listening. Um, and I mm-hmm. think the people that are invested in this deep listening are the ones that are going to be able to do to actually show results. And it's kind of like getting down to like the heart of the issues um it's almost comical at a certain level where you can take two people who might be like opposite of each other on the political stru- spectrum but frankly they do care about exactly the same same things and they really can bond on that
0: they really can
1: if we people actually stopped and listened and had used a bigger imagination than just you That's know right. the two so and i think frankly in some ways it's it's you know a hard fist will meet another hard fist, you know, and you'll never be able to shake hands. Even mm-hmm. if the intention of one is to make that connection, you you can't just keep going at it the same way, so.
0: Yeah, that's right. And I, I just think as um, tempting as it can be to sort of demonize the opposite, I, I think that it, it, we're really called to a time of listening and openness and trying to see it from a third way as opposed to it a polar way. Um, That's what I'm really getting from the high Well, and part
1: of that is just really, really understanding what people most care about. And if you were to just make sides, um, getting, not throwing either or out, but realizing the both end of it and really letting that sink in. Really, really understanding that, you know, people tend to want the same thing. Um, and just how much fear is running the show, and mm-hmm. you know the, the the misdirection. I think we see a lot of the shadow ma- uh, magician happening now, real mm-hmm. shadow magician. And so you know, I think it's I think the antidote to the shadow magician, quite frankly, is the high priestess.
0: Mm, interesting, yeah. And she does follow that magician card. She is mm-hmm. in in many ways responding to that magician card. Um, it might be interesting to if you're going to do a bit of active imagination <laughs> to put, pair those two up and see what sort of conversation they would have. Yeah, and just
1: look at all of the various uh, image representations, you know, Google, the high priestess, tarot, take out your decks and just line up all the different images. Um, mm-hmm. And really see how different artists throughout the years have um, represented the, mm-hmm. the High Priestess. So there's there's a bunch there, but it really, really is it's the feminine. Mm-hmm. People might be tired of hearing that. But, you know. <laughs> but it has to well, be done in the you know, I think it is there's a lot of people threatened. You know, they're feeling threatened by the feminine. And there's you know, you know, when I hear when I hear women themselves say that, you know, not that many people are being sexually harassed they're just making it up i just i just groan (laughs) you know when you hear a woman defend a sexual predator that's that's when i'm like oh my god yeah
0: when i when i see her the the feminine robes and depicted in this card uh in the right of weight she actually looks kind of like mother mary in some ways but Mm -hmm. (laughs) i was uh i was remembering something uh for for me personally, I've, you know, worked a lot with pagan beliefs and pagan imagery. That's always been my, you know, I've been very independent from uh, the Christian um, dynamic there for a long time. But uh, circling around this Christmas period of time, I was like, you know, I want to come to everything with an open mind because uh, this this matters to many, many people very deeply. And, um, you know, I, I want to be open-minded, so I remembered something that my mom said when I was a kid. Because I was deba- debating with her, I was like, "But it's all, you know, masculine imagery. You know, God is a man, the, the Holy Spirit is a, a male figure, the Son is this male figure." And my my mom said, "But Jesus is has this amazing. He he's he's very feminine. Mm-hmm. He wears these these flowing robes, and and he's so." He's got this open heart, and he's very vulnerable, and he's he he has these incredible forgiving qualities. <laughs> and I thought that was interesting, food for thought. And I I circled back around to that memory that of what my mom had said, and I was like, oh right, but how does the feminine, how can it be embraced in uh, men as well as women?
1: Well, I think well it's it would be it's easy for me to say that Jesus really walked the earth as the Integrated masculine and the feminine. He was, you know, uh, Mm. represented in a male, in a male body, you know, and being treated as a male, and you know, the son, and you know, he's the son of God, and all of that. But, but his actions and what he did was very much an integration of the feminine in a masculine being, right? In 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 what is recognized as a man. The the actual teachings of the, the Sermon on the Mount. Um, I, I would I, if we actually had more Christians, true Christians in the world, we would not have the problems we have. <laughs> you know, we just wouldn't. If truly Christianity was embraced as Jesus's actual message, in the way that that was said over and over and over in the New Testament, do as I do, <laughs> then we wouldn't have the problems we have now. That's the kind of ironic fact, but but it really was inclusivity. And it wasn't about getting more money or getting ahead or competition. It was more connection. He came here to connect people and the the language around Jesus saves, I'm like, yeah, if you act like Jesus, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that actually would save the world if people did act like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think, yeah, it is very much an integrated character um, from my perspective. But hey, I was raised was raised Catholic. You know, we just paid someone to... Read us the Bible once a week.
0: I was actually watching that that film, uh, Brother, Son, Sister, Moon, last night. Have you seen that film? Not for, about, ages. Not for ages. Yeah, I, it was my first time. I just started it last night, but uh story of St. Francis of Assisi, and, and I think it's very much that theme of he was living Jesus' message as opposed to... Um, the way the church was functioning at the time. Uh, so it's, it's a really beautiful study of, um, of embracing those riches of, um, generosity and, um, openness and connection with nature. Uh, and he's so sweet. He's so vulnerable. He's so, um, girly in some ways, you know, it's just so much fun to watch, um, in that film. So, Uh, that's the sister moon element in that there's a there's a becoming nun in that Claire Uh, but maybe that that is a reference as well to the high priestess who knows
1: so brother son sister moon um yeah I think that hits the nail on the head in terms of the high priestess and there's there's two other things that that come to me specifically around this you said that the image of the high priestess did remind you of Mary of the you know the Catholics, you know, call the Blessed Mother, um, mm. and and something that's really beautiful about about Mary, who's also called the Immaculate Heart, <laughs> the Immaculate Heart of Mary. If if people aren't familiar with the icon of of Mary, I really recommend looking into it. Um, I was raised Catholic and from a very very young age had a real deep, loving relationship with with Mary, with our Blessed Mother. Um, all through my whole life and that's something I definitely have kept my um, relationship with with her and I think this is now like when I see the the high priestess there there are so many iterations it's so beautiful Um, the iconography and the images and every culture has taken the image of Mary and made it made it look like them which is really what she does and she's there is no face I mean if you grew up with her with the blonde hair and the skin or people grew up with Our Lady of Guadalupe in Mexico, in South America, she looks like them. And I think that is part mm-hmm. of her beauty and her, her mystery is she can look, she looks like everyone. You know, we have black Madonnas, we have, you know, she mm-hmm. goes by so many names. And, you know, nobody um, that I can think of right now does, does a better sort of honoring and interpretation from a Jungian perspective of our Blessed Mother is Clarissa Pinkola Estes um, mm-hmm. who wrote Women Who Run With the Wolves. Um, she's kind of my shiro, but she put <laughs> out um, a book and an audio recording um, called Untie the Strong Woman, and it's all about the Blessed Mother, and I highly recommend that. Um, mm. Even if you're familiar, you're raised Catholic or what have you, that especially the recording i actually enjoy her speaking voice she is a natural cantadora she's a storyteller um to really i check out untie the strong woman um it's so beautiful and it you can tell that she has this deep deep dedication to you know we call her our mother and our lady and um one iteration of her is this silent deeply listening, feminine character like the high priestess. She's also the empress. She's many, many, many things, but I, I am drawn to that. And it's interesting that I was I was asked to do a, a form of a quinceanera, which is a, a rite of passage of a girl to go from childhood into becoming a young woman. And mm. um, I just finished writing the ceremony. It was a really great challenge for me because it, it called upon me to bring my Catholic out, but also I'm integrating some... Um, Hawaiian uh perspective and Hawaiian tradition in it. And it's for a family. They're from um they're either Mexican or from Latin America, but they, they they're allowing their daughter to choose what she wants for her quinceanera. And so it's a very kind of like the old tradition is very kind of like the masculine blessing, the young lady. And, you know, it is it's beautiful in its own right, but but my challenge to write it in such a way that um honored the feminine Was a really difficult but good challenge. And I did include a rededication to the Blessed Mother um, as a mother of all of us, the Great Heart, the Great Refuge, as the Buddhist calls it. Um, So that to me was really important and and a deep honor and difficult (laughs) to do, you know, to swallow the fact that the Bible is all masculine pretty much, to really dive into that and really see the goodness in it and not just react in my feminist way.
0: Right. (laughs) So, what beautiful work uh, that you're doing as uh, as a priestess in that regard. Um, You know, I've I've heard sort of cultural criticisms around that particular ceremony around kind of dressing the girls up as brides and mm-hmm. the pregnancies that ensue and things like that um but i i don't think the answer is to get rid of ritual uh, ever um or to get rid of cultural traditions i think but i think that we can bring we can we can infuse them with new meaning with um with this expanded um awareness and i I think that's what you're doing with what you did with that which was just absolutely beautiful we all need
1: rituals around rites of passage and that's something i talked to both of her parents about um i I was like abscess when they called me i was like yes (laughs) and it's, (laughs) it's incredibly important and um you know religions do have right of you know in this roman catholic there's confirmation but it's not strictly for women and then there's bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs. We don't, you know, for regular people walking around or maybe not religious or what mildly religious, um, we need that. I think it's really important and that's something I hope that um, I'm called to do more, um, whether someone's religious or not, to have a ceremony. You know, and, and part of just the beauty of a ceremony is taking the person and holding their hand and saying, thank you. Thank you for being you. We. We are gathered together to say thank you for being born. You are exactly what you should be. You know, that kind of, if you can just put someone in a bubble of love for, you know, 10 minutes even, that is gonna Mm -hmm. make a huge impact on them and their ability to see their own value and to see that value in other people um, and have a ritual around it. Like,
0: that's massive, right? That is massive. That is really big, and and we can find those moments with the people we love and trust in in unexpected places, hidden places. Um, I had an experience over this holiday break of um, being told by my partner that uh, he recognized that I was thriving. He said, "You're you're really thriving right now," um, and it happened to be in this beautiful place in in. Um, Sierraville, you know out in these hot springs in the middle of the night with stars around and everything <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, the the message there was so simple but it was it went really deep to the part of myself that i guess you're always wondering you know am i how am i doing <laughs> am i just surviving or or is there more to it um and being able to notice that in each other and to affirm it uh, I think is is a beautiful grace we can afford each other
1: absolutely, and there's I think too in relation to the how how we relate to nature and and getting connected to that that's something part of a high priestess, but there's it's a very meditative card right it it is asking us to meditate to clear our minds of thought to take a moment to quit believing our own thoughts. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, the 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 deeper connections, which frankly I can't say I master all that often. Um, but it is it is a reminder. So I think I started mm-hmm. with this is really son of a bitch. Really the high priestess again. Um, because I think my <laughs> <laughs> my inclination is like the chariot uh, but right. the, the chariot's fine, that'll that'll come along, but um uh without the, the underlying sort of connectivity and i think to me that's the verb is connectivity for the high priestess
0: Mm, absolutely yeah and just kind of emerging from the solstice which the the root of that word meaning standing still i i feel that stillness with her and i i guess you know even though we've studied this card a lot i'm still learning that lesson of stillness in certain moments um and uh when we drew this card last night we asked our dreams, okay, wh- what what what's new? What is this card telling us that's new? And uh I dreamt that a friend of mine was uh on a tarot game show <laughs> <laughs> and I was in the audience rooting her on, uh and you had to like answer questions, uh or what we thought you'd have to answer certain questions about the tarot quickly uh, before anyone else. But then the uh, moderator of the game show said, okay, for this next round, you must just be quiet. (laughs) And of course, (laughs) my my friend who in in waking life is very uh, talkative, she just starts yeah she's she's a bundle of fun uh, Sagittarius she's like and I said why are you talking right now it's the most simple instruction ever just just be quiet <laughs> and then you know coming up out of this dream and and saying it out loud I'm like oh wow that really is the priestess's message here is being quiet I, I guess I need to listen to that <laughs>
1: perfect <laughs>
0: you had a you
1: ended up having a beautiful symbolic relational to the high priestess dream and uh yeah I know mine were mine work <laughs> although you you your interpretation of my dream of being able to drive through this very clear water when everyone else thought oh you shouldn't drive through this water um that I was able to do it that was that was good that was kind of the only the big nugget of uh that I got from my kooky dream.
0: Lesson that is though, just your, your sort of, um, and I was actually like that about my dream too. When I first thought about it it was like, oh, wow, what is that? It's kind of, I don't know, stressful and, and not that profound. But then when I said it out loud and then when we shared together, um and then when i heard your dream i was like that's amazing you're you're able to go through that water and encourage other people to go through that water cuz you're familiar and comfortable in it. it it's home to you that is high priestess in and out that is beautiful um yeah. and I, I you mentioned some other part of your dream um about turkey uh, sandwich <laughs> <laughs> okay okay no judgments first <laughs> off but the the establishment that's serving food appears to be closed to your friend in the dream uh but it's actually you know it's open you yeah. just know it. yeah and to yeah. me that is the highest priestess as well that she has sort of this cool closed off look about her like she is impenetrable uh but she there is actually a great opening in this card uh, an openness in this card um so I, I felt like your dream embodied both of those sort of moon elements of openness and and water uh and just a deep knowing uh beyond appearances a deep knowing beyond appearances well thanks i still want a turkey sandwich i'm still like wow that really sounds good (laughs) hey after dream work you gotta eat you know it's just it's uh, fuel the soul fuel the body (laughs) apologies to my (laughs) vegan friends out there oh my goodness well this was wonderful uh I th- uh, I, w- this, I think this podcast was only supposed to be 15 minutes, but I think. Um, I think yada, 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 yada. Well, yeah, no, we, we can't help that's... it. We're, <laughs> we're
1: loquacious. So we've got at least another year with the high priestess. Um, I am really interested in like, seriously, are you still listening? Are you out there? Podcast listeners? Hear me now. Um, let us know. Find us on Twitter. Find us on Instagram. Find us on Facebook. I really, really want to know how people, like, are you surprised that we got the High Priestess again? What's your take on it? Do you have questions? Do you have feedback? Like, what, you know, what have we missed in this experience of High Priestess? So she's she's sticking around for, you know, ever, I'm sure. But um, another year of the High Priestess, you know, bring it on. What's I want to know what people's reactions to, to this are. And... Uh, I know there's more than a few High Priestesses out there who listen to our podcast. So uh, speak to us. Do not remain silent in your chair. Type something out to us. (laughs) That's right. We'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. Well, Happy New Year to everybody. And we have a cool podcast next month with a couple of guests uh, talking about archetypes and body image. Ooh. well aloha to everybody
0: aloha goodbye happy new year happy new year
1: we know you could have done something else with the last 40-ish minutes of your life but we're so glad that you spent it with us and we are totally curious to know your take on the high priestess for 2019 so find us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram and let us know what you think we always love hearing from you and if you would like to become one of our most favorite people in the whole world, become a patron. Just visit tinycc tarot and you too could be like one of these awesome humans: Sarah, Geneva, Richard, Peter, Rash, Ali, and Ywan. Thank you guys! Your support makes all of this happen, and you make us smile every day. For reals, the show is produced by Both and Media, and the theme music is by the lunar group.